And we are live. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, October 4th of 2022. No football tonight, sadly, but we do have an eight-game MLB slate. For those of you still in the MLB streets, I wish you luck. Um, you know, the queue of questions is looking pretty light today. For those of you who are here for your first time, this is a show where we review questions sent into our Discord or via live YouTube chat. We just talk about how to use the SaberSim app to the best of its uh, ability and just go over any DFS strategy-related questions that you guys have. So light on the questions today. Get your questions in now. If you're not a part of our Discord, there is a link in the description of this live stream to join where you can have access to the office hours discord channel where everyone asks their questions ahead of the stream. That way I have some questions to keep us rolling while the viewers show up and more questions come in. So that being said, guys, we're going to get going right now. I'm going to get Saber Sim up on the screen and we are going to dive into our first question from big a. And this question came in via Discord, and the question reads, Whenever you guys get up, my bankroll is small, so I play only $1 to $5 single entry cash in GPP games with close to 1K plus entries. How do I go about finding that lineup? I just lock one or two players and let SaberSim do the rest. Any and all advice are appreciated. I'm trying to understand the trimming, exposure, and ownership stuff. So big A, good question. What I would encourage you to do is to take your bankroll allocation and try and get more lineups. I say, you know, it is incredibly hard to win a contest on any given day. And especially just trying to do it with one lineup day after day is going to be lifetimes before you could potentially see like a big GPP win or something like that. So, you know, what, what I would suggest is try and take your bankroll and play like the dime time on DraftKings, the 10 cent 20 max entry for $2 play the quarter jukebox, which is 25 cents per entry, 20 max, or you could go over to FanDuel on like a given Sunday and play the pooch punt and five cents an entry, seven dollars and fifty cents to max. Like you're gonna get, you're gonna get seven, you're gonna get 150 entries for seven dollars and fifty cents, which is just way more chances on goal than the single entries that you're playing now. I think it's incredibly hard to build a lineup, build a set of lineups, and you know scroll through and just pick the optimal. Of whatever is going to be the highest scoring lineup. Like if, if we knew what was going to be the highest scoring lineup, that would be like your number one, that would be at the top. But you know, we're ranking the lineups based on Sabre score, which is like our metrics of balancing correlation and ownership. And you know, the, the top Sabre score lineup is the lineup that had the highest positive expected value over, over our Sims. That was just like showing up as like the most likely to, be profitable in the long run. So, you know, there's no like magic 
secret, like, oh, yeah, lineup lineup 27 is, like, always the lineup that scores the most. Like, you're not going to find that. You know, the, the best thing I can encourage you to do is to take your bankroll and try and play more content try and play more lineups total that way uh you hopefully you can uh get to a high higher scoring high gpp finishing lineup sooner so not maybe not the answer you're looking for but i think that's the right direction for you to go so i encourage you to give that a shot and try that out so next question coming in from poker dad 2878 in discord and the question says just getting back into DFS, I have established my bankroll on DK and have watched the video from September on bankroll management, which I really love. I'm sure this has been asked a million times, but I'll ask anyway, being that we want unique lineups for each entry. Would you build separate lineup, separate builds for each contest type and field size or just run one blanket one for all lineups? Thanks. So Poker Dad, I see that Shady Advice got back to you already and uh, what Shady suggested was NFL is the one sport where you likely have time. If you have a quick process to do separate builds for most sports, the recommendation is either go with the settings that are the highest or in the middle somewhere. And I see that, that you were uh, good with that answer. I just wanted to touch on it. You know, we, we have, let me pull back the app back up. Uh, we have these, you know, different drop downs. We do just the most standard single entry, three max, 20 max, 150 max entry limits with the different contest sizings. You know, if, if you have the time and you want to come in here and build all of your single entries different, all your three maxes different, your 20 max, your 150s, then like more power to you. Like that's totally cool. If you're in a crunch for time and you want to build them all together, that's okay too. You, you know, what you can do is you can find a set of sliders that is somewhere in the middle. So if we're playing like a single entry, one to 10,000, we take this four, three, six, then we're playing like a 20 max with like 10 to 50. Then we have like a five, five, seven. You can kind of average those out and pick some sliders somewhere in the middle, or you can like lean toward the higher side. I would just discourage leaning toward the lower side, but you know, you could do that or you could build them uh, according to our like DFS profit plan, which is what I like to do and have one build for diversifiers, which are my 20 maxes and my 150 maxes, and then have a second build for my single entries and three max. And instead of split them into four different builds or split them in, or make them one complete build, just do two and just do uh, the single entry and three max together, the 20 max, the 150. Pretty consistent with the DFS profit plan. If you're not familiar with the DFS profit plan, I will show you where you can learn more about that. And that will be on our YouTube channel. So if you go to SaberSim on YouTube and you go over to our playlists and you, or I'm sorry, you can go home, just go to home and then you see this new here, start here first, start winning more with the DFS profit plan is the best place to start. Jordan does a great job of breaking down the research that Eric on our models team did on just uh, the best approach for creating a contest portfolio. Goes into a lot of detail. Awesome watch. I would highly recommend that. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. But that is how I would approach my contest selection and my uh, how I 
divvy up my builds for different contests. So moving on, next question from Sammy. I see some questions starting to come in in YouTube chat. Thank you, guys. I was going to run out of things to talk about quickly. So happy to see the questions coming in. We'll make sure we get to everything. But for now, we're going to get on to this next question from Sammy in Discord. And the question says, Hola, Andrew. I've been trying to set a QB plus two pass catchers only slash one run back. Keep getting an error. Can you go over that? Thanks. So, Sammy, yep. Happy to show you how to set up this build. Let's hover over to NFL. And we'll do this on Fandle, which is totally fun. And we'll go over to the – let's go to the main slate from last week, sometimes early in the week. The upcoming slates will run a little slow. So we'll go over to FanDuel main slate from last week, and we will give this a shot. So what I would do is I would go into lineup rules here. I would add a new rule, and I would go to a – no, I would do a stacking rule. And then I would say, what do we want? We want a QB plus two with one bring back. So I'm assuming that you want like at least this. So we're going to say greater than equal to one QB, which only one quarterback can be used. And then you say you only want a pass catcher. So then we're going to use this wide receiver slash tight end column here. And then we're going to say greater than or equal to two. And then we're going to do with at least, and then we're going to put one player on the opposing team. And the player on the opposing team can only be a pass catcher. So if we set up the build like this, then we save it. I'm going to uncheck these other ones that I was that I have up here. So we're going to do stack three players, QB, two pass catchers with one on the opposing team. Now, if we run a build, we should have at least this in every single lineup. And we use the at least that way in case we want to do like some mega game stacks that we can get like QB plus threes plus four. So you're not like fully limiting your stacks to only that, but we're creating this as like our new minimum baseline. So I'm only going to run a couple builds here. It's running a little slow. So I'm going to stop it here, but we're going to go into our stack types and see what we're getting. So right off the bat, you'll see that we're getting no less than QB plus two with one run back. And then we're even getting some QB plus threes with one run back, QB plus two with two, QB plus three with two run backs. So that's how you set the rule as like a minimum. You know, you can also manage this from the stack types in the home screen is another way. If you're like you're very opinionated about the different type of stacks you want, you can just uncheck all of them and then come in here and just like, only check in the stack types that you're okay with seeing in your lineup. So a couple different ways to manage that. I hope the rule was helpful. Let me know if you need any clarification on the demo that we just did. So, all right. Moving over to YouTube chat, guys. Question here from Boy Steven. And the question is, should I set stacks before I build? So the answer is yes. If you're going to be opinionated about, you know, the type of stacks you want or like the constructions. It's always better to tell SaberSim that 
up front so it knows going into the build what you're looking for. That way, when by the time you get to step three, the lineups look more like what you want them to look like. And the example that we just did is a perfect example. You know, Sammy only wants to see QB plus twos with one run back minimum. So we tell Saberson that and we get more lineups of the type that he wanted to see out of the gate. So I would always suggest putting those opinions in on the home screen. That way Sabersim can know that going into the build and give you more of what you're looking for. So definitely to always tell Sabersim up front what you want. All right. Next question from Lartar Magar. And the question is, was runner-up in back-to-back NFL showdowns this past week. Love how much easier Sabersim makes my process. Also, just a question for you. How do you typically approach large MLB slates from a team stack perspective? So, Lartar, happy to hear you're having success with the app. Um, you know, keep grinding it out, and you're going to get that bink. I'm, I'm sure of it with the success you're having. So, going on to the question... And the question is, you know, how do you typically approach large MLB slates from a team stack perspective? I think it's a good question. So let's hover over to MLB. We'll talk a little bit about the FanDuel main slate coming up tonight. And what we can talk about is just, you know, different type of stacks. I mean, you got to remember, like, if you're playing on FanDuel, you're only allowed to stack four players from one team as opposed to DraftKings where you're allowed to stack five players from one team. I'd say that, you know, the the bigger the slate is, the further from the optimal you're always going to be. So in like that case, you know, I'm totally okay with having bigger stacks or, or more bigger stacks on a larger slate than I am like a smaller slate. So, you know, if you're like trying to maximize correlation, uh, you know, you could always like try and get more of like the four stacks and, you know, you, your, your secondary stacks. I mean, you know, you could do like four, four twos, four threes, four fours, whatever. I, what I personally like to do is I like to run a test build for the contest that I'm playing and kind of see what Sabersim is like telling me about the stack sizes. So, you know, sometimes there will be like a core slate where the two teams playing in cores are like far and away the highest team total games. And it's just like loving those constructions, game stacks, whatever it may be. Sometimes you have a slate where there's a lot of really good pitching and there aren't any teams above a five team total. And like that happens too. I think that not all slates are the same. Not all small slates are the same. Not all large slates are the same. And like, you really have to kind of take some time when you log on to like, see what's going on with the slate. So like, before we even get to like this step, you know, what I would do is I would like, look at like, who's pitching tonight. And I would look at the team totals. So it's not something we did, but we can go back and do it. So, you know, right off the bat, the Dodgers are the only team that are anywhere near a five team total. And no other team is even above four and a half runs, which is like kind of blowing my mind right now. You know, we see Houston at 4.2. We see uh, the White Sox at 4.1 and and that's it. Everyone else is below four runs, which is like pretty crazy. So like, let's go see who's pitching tonight. And so I think 
you know, what I want to do is kind of see who's pitching by salary. So Justin Verlander's pitching, Carlos Rodon is supposed to pitch, Zach Gallen, Julio Urias, Lauer, Giolito, Ranger Suarez. I mean, we have, you know, seven pitchers on of 16 teams where like their salary is over 9,000, like right off the bat. So doesn't seem like your standard cheap pitcher slate, a lot of good pitching, which is, you know, reflective in the team totals that we're seeing. So like maybe lower correlated stacks will be more likely to be optimal on a slate like this. Not really sure. So now that we kind of have an idea of what the slate looks like, let's jump into our just default test build, kind of see what Sabersim has given us, what Sabersim likes on this slate. So, you know, I'm going to open this up to like the full pool rather than my 150 and sort by uh, check out the pitchers first, you know. So, I mean, we're getting up to a lot of Zach Gallen. We're getting to some Justin Verlander. And then it kind of gets like uh, there's like a big drop off in exposure here. So it's saying like these two plays are like kind of far and away, like the best plays. And then we see like some some lower exposure to like some of these decently owned guys here. Um, you know, this is like one way that I like to look at it. Sometimes I'll sort by ownership too. So then, you know, I know the question was about like stacks, but I feel like we're just talking about like baseball in general. So so let's go over to stacks and see what's going on here. So off off the bat, you know, loving the Dodgers like the angels and then we get into like kind of like the second tier of of plays here so you know one thing i would like to see is like how how much i i like to come in here and look at these two stacks three stacks four stacks i think like not all stacks are the same like what if i were to click on click on this two stack and we had like 30 percent dodger stacks in the two stack and like almost none in the three four i think that is like something that can happen sometimes and like we're seeing like we have 12% Baltimore in the two stack and we only, we have like 18% Baltimore like total. So like you could look at this and be like, Oh wow. You know, like we're getting to a lot of Baltimore, but it's like most of that is coming in the form of two stacks. We're not really seeing Baltimore three stacks, Baltimore four stacks. We're seeing like a lot of these other teams like higher than they are. And we could see like the Dodgers and the angels are holding up top. So like they're kind of holding that like top tier, but like Minnesota kind of comes like I don't know where like so like you know maybe maybe Minnesota is a better stack than than Baltimore is I'm I'm not sure but you know that's like one thing I like to look at you know we can come over here look at our stack types so you know we're getting to a, a lot of correlated stacks which you know Sabersim is great at understanding correlation and ranges of outcomes and ownership so you know right off the bat doesn't surprise me that we're getting to a lot of four twos a lot of four threes, some three twos and, you know, down the list from there. So I think like even on a slate like this where the, some of the team totals are low, you know, Sabersim is still telling us that like, it's, it's good to get to a lot of these like highly correlated stacks. I would be interested to see like what DraftKings looks like on a night to, like tonight where you can five stack. But um, so, you know, I, I would run a test build, Kind of see what Sabersim is saying for any given slate that you're playing and just kind of take that as like a little bit of like a signal of like what type of correlated stacks and what size are like good for a given slate because Sabersim understands those things and will give you a lot of those things out of the gate. And then you can draw some conclusions from there. Like maybe you want more three stacks and like that's fine. You can 
increase your exposure to three stacks, like as you see fit. But I think just, oh, we're, we're doing the entire pool. So we're not going to be able to make those adjustments. But, um, you know, if there's something that like you see in your 150 that is like different and maybe you want to make an adjustment, like maybe, so like, you know, SaberSim kind of pushed some of these four stacks up in our 150 as opposed to the whole, whole pool of 500 and said, no, let's move away from some of these three stacks and get more of like these four stacks, which is like totally fine. But like maybe you want some three stacks and, you know, you can come in here and adjust your exposures as you see fit. So I think there's like a couple different ways to look at stacks pre-lock. Um, you know, all, all of these drop downs have value. So, you know, make sure like you're checking them all out. I wouldn't uh, skip any or like really ignore any. I think they all have value, which is why we put them in the app in the first place. So, you know, if it, if it wasn't worth your time to look at, we wouldn't have it there. So that's, that's really all I can say. So check it out. Let me know if you have any more questions, but all right. So jumping back to YouTube chat, the next question I see is from Dabboy Steven. And the question says, should I run optimal lineups before I build for MLB? So, you know, Steven, what I would say is like, it's always good to run a test build. What I will say is like, by no means is, you know, a test build, like an optimal build. I don't want to get like those two things confused. You know, when we go in and run a test build, you know, the correlation and the ownership fade sliders like are turned on and, you know, so SaberSim is adjusting the projections for the players from the Sims based on these factors to correlate with their teammates to fade highly own or to, to make like ownership adjustments to the projections based on like whether a player is like highly owned or lowly owned. So, you know, it's, these aren't like true optimals, but in baseball, you don't really need true optimals to win. You're better off targeting these things like correlation, which is why the sliders reflect the way they are because we've back tested the sliders and determined that, you know, these settings are what is most likely to give you a winning GPP lineup. It's not about having the optimal. It's about having a lineup that scores more points than the other lineups in a contest. So just, you know, nomenclature there. I don't want to get it confused between like an optimal lineup and like a test build. So just really quickly like that. Follow up. Can you show me how to put stacks four, three in four, four? Yeah, sure. So, you know, if you're really opinionated about the stacks you want to see and you're like, I only want to see four threes and four fours, you can go in the home screen and go to the stack types. You can uncheck all stacks and only click four fours and four threes. And these are the only lineups you will see when you build your lineups. So, you know, you could be as opinionated as you want in this part and um, just choose stacks as you see fit. So let me know if you have any follow-up there. Question from Michael Wilkerson. Question is, do you use Excel or Google Sheets for MLB? So, Michael, uh, you know, to answer the question, like I think you're trying to ask, like, do I take – you know, the player projections and download them and like do things like offline in Excel or Google Sheets. So the answer for me is no. I know there are other people on the 
in the SaberSim community and like on the SaberSim team even that like to go into the projections and like either like set like minimax exposures in the projections or I know they're like community people who like have their own things that they built in Excel or other tools that help them determine like what lineups they want to play. So, you know, if, if, if you have it great and you, and if you like it, like awesome, you know, I more power to you use it. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. You know, I think that Saber Sim does a lot of great things with its Sims, with its uh, Saber score and grading lineups. I don't think that, you know, you have to use those things. Can you add value by using them? Like definitely for sure. If, if you have the right tools and, and if they're, you know, good and found and, you know, created in like sound um, data. So if, if, if you ha- I know like um, the theory of DFS course, the Jordan Cooper's podcast where he interviewed uh, our Jordan Chan, like they have like some of their own Excel tools that they like to use, but I think like sometimes it could be like a uh, like really like blunt force way of like trying to do things. So I encourage you to like only use them if, if you find it like really necessary, I don't see any reason like to go outside of the app more days than not. So it's kind of where I fall. All right. Next question from WJ Pittman question is, does late swap build take into account any of the actual data from locked positions slash players i.e. actual ownership percent or current points, or is it still using data from pre-lock for those players? So uh, Pittman, to answer your question, no, late swap does not understand like how your lineups are doing to that point at which you late swap. That is something that like we talked about a lot behind the scenes of building into the app in the future and being able to like, see where you are in the standings and to uh, be able to like late swap based on that information. So like if you're doing really good, you can kind of see that in the app and then maybe like lower down your, your sliders in, uh, in your late swap settings. I don't have any lineups, so I can't really display it, but when you, when you late swap, it looks exactly like a normal build. So maybe you're like doing really good in your contest and the Apple like suggests, bringing your sliders down and playing more like chalkier plays or highly projected plays. So it doesn't take into any actual data. You know, you can always like check uh, DraftKings on desktop or mobile or whatever site you're playing and kind of see how you're doing. I think it's totally okay to, if you're doing really good and like the slates, like halfway to like 75% through to like do a late swap if necessary and like bring your sliders down so you play some of those higher projected plays because probably at that point a lot of the plays that you needed to go off in order to have a shot at winning have and you can just try and pack in more projected points i think that's like totally okay but what you're describing is something that we do want to build into the app in the future and we think would be like really cool feature to have that nobody in the industry is like really really has or is uh is creating at the moment so Good question. I hope I hope to see it uh, come to fruition in the future. So, next question from Shadowhawk, and the question is: I feel like I was doing something wrong using SaberSim because I would set everything up and would put the picks in that had the highest Saber score, but would still earn nothing. Can you assist? This was NFL, MLB, NASCAR, etc. 
on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. So, uh, Shadow X, you know, what I could say is like DFS is a very high variance game. I would, you know, point you in the direction of our DFS profit plan, which I already called out earlier in the stream, which I have right here, uh, the DFS profit plan. You know, it just really is about creating like a portfolio of contests where some are more variant and some smooth out your variance more and just trying to create a balance. So like if you're only 150 maxing, like you really need to like win those contests, get like a top five, get, get some binks to like make those contests worth your while. But sometimes that takes a long time to do. So then introducing elevators, which are like your single entries, your like smaller field contests where you're more likely to win on a night to night basis can definitely like smooth out your variance and then you can get those wins that will like elevate you and, and give you like those big bankroll boosts. So I think like, I don't know, I don't know what you were playing before, but you know, having like the right mix of contests can go a long way and uh, you know, just like keep that bankroll sustained until you get like those big jumps and those, those big GPP wins. So Check out the profit plan. I can tell you, like, personally, you know, I, I really love it. And I I have less of those longer losing streaks mixing in the right amount of elevator contests. So I would check it out. I would really try and implement it. I think it makes a big difference in your uh, night-to-night, uh, week-to-week, month-to-month swings. So check it out. Uh, compliment from Lars Har, Great podcast, by the way. Great, great podcast episode, by the way. Thank you, Lartar. Uh, you know, the team works hard to uh, put out good content. You know, we do the office hours every day. We have the Behind the Sims episode series. Uh, hopefully going to be coming out with another episode this week. So be on the lookout for that. A lot of sharp people on the team, and it's nice to uh, hear hear everybody's voice sometimes. So keep your eye out. So, next question, how do, you, how do I find out what good teams to stack? What if I get Philly 30%? when they're only projected for three runs. So, uh, you know, Steven, I, I could say like, it's, it's totally okay for, you know, a team to be projected for three runs, especially like when all of these other teams are projected for three runs and, you know, it just, it goes beyond that. It's like, you know, what is, what is the ownership of these Philadelphia players? I mean, you can see like, other than Bryce Harper, nobody's above 5%. So it's like, yeah, we could just go and hammer the Dodgers. But, like, look at this ownership. I mean, we're seeing, like, two players above 20%, couple players hovering around, like, 15 Like, as a stack, they're going to be, like, the highest-owned stack. So, you know, what happens, like, when the Dodgers go off? You're, you're competing with the other 25% of lineups in the contest that probably stack the Dodgers, too. And you might have like more raw fantasy points. Great. But you know what happens like the percentage of time where like the Dodgers bust and they don't do well. And, you know, maybe, maybe like the Phillies only need, you know, five runs, six runs to, to be optimal at their ownership and their price range. I mean, like I could see like, like, wow, (laughs) eight out of the nine players are priced under 2,500 salary. Like that's pretty crazy. So that's, that's, that's like really surprising, but I guess like I haven't been keeping up with baseball too much. I don't see, you know, um, 
JT Romuto. I don't see some of their other big hitters. I don't see Kyle Schwarber here. So like maybe that's why it's like a salary relief play to go along with the other players in your lineups. It's like maybe you have like some Dodgers and Philly stack and like that just works out the best. Saber Sam thinks that's the best combination of ownership, um, projected points, and being able to correlate within the lineup. So I can't really tell you exactly why you're getting 30% Phillies. I'll tell you that, you know, if that exposure amount makes you uncomfortable, there's total, it's totally okay to like dial that down. I wouldn't completely disregard what SaberSim is telling you at any point, but uh, that's how I would try and try and approach it, try and think about it. So let me know if you have any more follow-up. Next question from Darren. And the question is, how do you put the percent you want to see a player in the builds and does the sum percent of all players at that position need to be 100? Just started my tr- free trial for NFL. So Darren, Welcome. Happy you're here. Happy you're tuning into the office hours and getting your questions in. I'm happy to adjust a follow up to that question. And how do I uh, put a rule to rule out players I don't want to see in my pool slash builds? So, okay. So if you run a lineup, so let's go to NFL. We'll go back to um, the main slate from last week and we will talk about NFL a little bit since that's what you called out. And so if you go into a build and you want to see the sum ownership, you can do that. And I'll show you exactly where that is. So this own percent. So these are your lineups over here on the right-hand side. If you go over here, this uh, own percent is the sum of the sum ownership of all the lineups. And you can scroll and you can see that for as many builds as you like. If you are opinionated about the min and max sum ownership you want to see, you could set that. If you hit the little plus icon, go to make your builds. We'll see min own and max own. So this is the sum ownership. So you can, you know, put, I don't want anything below 50 and I don't want anything above 200. So these are, these are zeroed out by default because SaberSim handles ownership a little bit differently with uh, SaberScore, which is like, our algorithmic metric to understanding to ranking lineups basically and like if we if we like hover over saber score this little pop-up will come up saying saber score is our way of quantifying the impact of upside correlation and ownership on the strength of a lineup the higher the saber score the higher the upside potential for dfs tournaments so that's exactly what i was trying to say and you know we prefer to rank our lineups based on saber score as opposed to some ownership if you want to see some ownership, uh, the lineups by ownership, you could just hit this little drop down here. And there's like different lineup sorting methods. So if you want to sort by some ownership, you could totally do that. It's set to Saber score by default because we think that's a better metric. And then to answer your second question about how do I rule out players I don't want to see in my builds, what you can do is like, okay, you know, I don't want to play any Austin Eckler. You just come over here this little uh, check mark on the left, you just un- uncheck it and you can um, just uncheck as many players as you want. This is like your pre-build screen. And then when you build your lineups, these players will not be in that screen. So what I was doing previously is this hide removed players on the right. And if you hit this, you won't see the players that have been removed. If you uncheck it, then you'll be able to see the players that you are checking off. So 
that's how I would go about setting my player pool. If you're opinionated about that, uh, we do have a filter by default here. These are like mass lineup pool filters and we have a project uh, filter for every player in your lineup pool must have a projection greater than three by default. So, you know, you can always do player pool curation from this screen. You could do it based on ownership. You could do it based on like stats from the Sims, uh, you know, projection salary, whatever. If you don't want any players, you know, under 3K salary, you can do that here too. So a couple different options for player pool curation for you. So, all right. Next question from Dabboy Steven. Is there a difference between a, a research build and an optimal build? So, you know, I think this is like getting back to something that uh, Jordan would talk about a lot on stream, which is like a research build and what Jordan would do would come in here, you know, set the correlation to zero, ownership fade to zero, and sim precision to 10. And what you're trying to do is like ignore any correlation adjustments, ignore ownership fade, give me single sim optimals, and just tell me what the best lineup is, you know, 1,500 times, and let's see what, what that comes out to. And so to answer your question, you know, this would be a research build, and this would be like a quote-unquote optimal build just because you're discounting correlation and you're discounting ownership fade and you're taking single-game sims and you're trying to find the optimal lineup from a given bucket of sims and just pull out those players with like no correlation or ownership um, adjustments made to it. So like I would, I would consider like a, I would consider this like a, research build slash like optimal build kind of in a similar sense. So just, just remember like if you set correlation and ownership to zero, you set sim precision to 10, you're taking single game Sims and not adjusting for correlation or ownership and just getting that like raw SIM output is basically what what's happening there. So, all right. Next question from Jimmy VB. I feel like I'm making too many adjustments rather than just listening to what SaberSim is giving me which sometimes causes the exposures to break. How can I improve in this area? So Jimmy, first off, you know, we've really been like trying to hammer home our new DFS framework, which we're calling like build, review, revise. I think it's totally okay to break a build. And, you know, when we say like break a build, what we're referring to is like getting to the point in a build where it tells you that it can't build any more lineups. And so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to mess with the max exposures here until we get to like that point, just to make it, uh, give us an example of like what we're talking about. So keep making some adjustments here. Okay. Boom. Unable to meet exposures. Your lineup pool cannot meet your requested exposures, send exposures and return to projections to start a new build. This is totally okay to get to this point. This is like part of the revise section of the dfs framework the build review revise so what i would do i would hit keep editing i would keep making as many adjustments as you want and then when you're done i would use this little arrow and then i would send the projections and exposures that you've set in this build back to the home screen and then when i do this and i hit send and i go back to the home screen those opinions that i had are now going to be saved like i i had to set brandon cooks to 100 percent like maybe you want 100% Brandon Cooks. So now when we rebuild this 
uh, our new set of lineups, the opinions you had, you're not going to have to set them again. You've already set them. They've already been saved. Saver Sim knows this is what you want. So you're going to have like less frustration, less adjustments to make the second time around, the third time around, whatever it may be. So, you know, don't get frustrated when you get to that message. Use that as an opportunity to say like, no, I didn't tell Saber Sim enough of what I wanted to see up front. Let me send these exposures back to the home screen and then run a new build. And you'll just keep going through that build review revised phase until you come up with a portfolio of lineups that you're comfortable with taking into your contests. So don't get frustrated. I think it's okay to make exposure changes. I would like caution you from like making like, you know, tens of hundreds of them. Like, uh, you know, Saber Sam is really smart and is giving you these guys like for a reason more often than not. So, but if you're really opinionated and that's totally okay, go ahead and send those exposures to home once you're done making them. And then rebuild and Saberson will give you the best lineups with those factors in mind. So totally okay there. All right. Next question from that boy, Steven. I've been setting team exposure for every team. Should I not do that or should I do that? And then second question was that build I was doing to find out team stacks. So if you're like particularly interested in stacks, you know, you can always set like a stacking rule and you would go into the lineup rules and you would say, you know, stack at least, uh, you know, this is, this is NFL. But if I was playing baseball, I would just, you know, stack at least four and you could use that as like a research method just to see how many, what teams are coming up when you force a four stack into your builds. So like that could be like a point of research for you. Um, I don't think it's necessary to set team exposures for every team. I think that, you know, maybe that is something you need to do with a traditional optimizer, but I don't think that's something you need to do with SaberSim. You know, I would just run a build out of the gate, see what's happening, and then, and then like revise uh, slash like adjust from there. I don't think you need to like come in here and like do it right out of the gate. I think it's good to like see what the SIM outputs are giving you and where the sim thinks like where the builder thinks that like you should kind of build your lineups towards one way or another in a slate i don't think it's necessary to like adjust it for every single team so try and just gotta like gotta like trust the sim a little bit and kind of uh take what it like see what it's giving you you don't have to take it but you know i i encourage you to like make adjustments as you see fit but I, w- I wouldn't, I would say like adjusting every single team exposure sounds like a little excessive. So maybe, maybe try and dial that back a little bit. So, all right. Follow up question from Sammy in Discord, going back to the question he had earlier about the stack types for NFL. And the question is follow up question if I like a specific but w- want a set amount per se, like 25%. Do you min or max that number? Thanks. So if you're like talking about like you want a certain number of stack types, so what I would do is I would go into stack types and let's say, you know, I want like at least 25% QB plus twos with one run back. I would go in here, I would go into my min exposures and I would set that to 25. That way I know like, okay, not every single lineup is going to be a 
QB plus two with a one bring back, but I kind of want to favor these stacks. So I'm just going to tell the builder, you know, give me at least 25% out of the gate and then I can adjust from there. I think that's like a better approach as opposed to setting a rule saying like must always have this stack or at least this stack. I think like nudging the builder in a direction rather than doing like hard and fast rules or like being very blunt is like a much better approach. So like where your head's at on that one, I think setting the min exposure is probably a good start. So, all right, guys, I have a couple questions that I got to get to that came in through support. Uh, one of these questions came in yesterday and I missed it. So apologies about that. But the question is referring to setting uh, adjusting team totals. So let me get this question over here and then we will get back to any follow-up questions that come in. So the question is, do you have any recommendations on other than just uh, do you have any uh, recommendations on it other than just looking at the builds that would follow that game script? If I adjust the score down, say down by three points per team, does that automatically then defer to Sims from lower scoring games? Just trying to see the most automated way to get there knowing there will be some nuance and running through the lineups once the builds are done. So looks like I missed a, a little bit of this question, but they were referring to adjusting team totals for uh, the showdown slate last night. So if we hover over to the showdown slate for yesterday, I'm going to use uh, DraftKings for this example. But the question is really about, you know, how does adjusting team totals affect the sim outputs that I get? And I think that's a great question, uh, especially for showdown. So, you know, if I were to come in here and set the Rams to a point total of 16, that would be like approximately five points down. And then the San Francisco 49ers down to 17, that's like approximately five points down. So, so what this would do, would it would look at our entire range of game sims. And what it would do is like shave off sims from the highest scoring side of the Sims and until, until a point where the new mean totals that we're like looking at match these inputs that you've given us. So it'll scratch off all the high scoring games until the new mean is 16 and 17 for these two teams. So that's like really what's happening when you're adjusting the team totals. So that's like the best way to think about it is you're adjusting the mean by disregarding sims at the highest range so if you were to do the opposite and adjust the sims by five runs in a positive direction then we would shave off sims from the bottom uh lowest scoring outputs so think about it that way and i think it's a it's a good way to think about it sorry i missed it yesterday have one more question that came in for from support and this question is what are some reasons for making adjustments to a player's projection Thoughts on me lowering Cup's projection by seven points last night. So, you know, I'd say that I'll, uh, <laughs> th this is a hard one. I think, I think seven points is, is a, is a big adjustment. Um, you know, especially looking at like Cup's flex on, flex projection of, of 22. So you, you essentially like adjusted his, his uh, projection by like 30%, which is a lot. I mean, you know, I, I, I spent some time, with the, with the models team. And I know like a lot goes in to the projections that we push out. So adjusting it by 30%, unless you had like 
a really good reason for doing that. I think it's like a little crazy. Um, you know, maybe I think that, you know, Saber Sim model and the builder can't capture everything. Maybe Cooper Cup is like nursing an injury. And there's a quote that like, you know, we're going to uh, be a little more careful with Cooper Cup and use him in, you know, red zone or like high leverage situations, a lot of third downs, and he's not going to play some of those like early, early snaps. I think things like that, the sim can't always uh, quantify. So like if you saw something like that, uh, I think it's totally okay to make an adjustment. I mean, you know, I'll be honest about something I did yesterday. There was like a coach's quote about Malcolm Brown uh, playing more tonight. Like we're going to, Malcolm Brown came up from the practice squad and, you know, Sean McVay said something along the lines of, you know, we're going to get him involved right away. And I made a slight adjustment to Malcolm Brown's projection and he didn't do anything. He got uh goose egg, big zero points, but he did have like a couple of goal line snaps. And in a showdown, I think like those are the outcomes you're, you're hoping for is like Malcolm Brown comes in and runs a one yard touchdown. And you know, that's, that's an outcome I was rooting for. Was I wrong? Yeah. But I thought I had some merit for that adjustment based on things I had seen outside of Saber Sim and things that are hard to quantify. So if you can find those things, I think it's totally okay to put it into the projection and adjust the projection like as you see fit. I just think it's like really hard to like say what that number should be. So that's why it's better for you to make it rather than for the Saber Sim models team to try and come up with a number that that makes sense. So that's what I that's how I feel about adjusting projections, you know. Uh, getting back to YouTube chat, I think there were a couple follow-ups here. Uh, one of them was from Jimmy VB. Uh, follow-up is, uh, I'm sorry, thanks. I usually set the build pool to 1,500 lineups. If it breaks, would you say the adjustments are not optimal at that point or send them back and get my new pool with my adjustments for optimal? So, you know, I I, I want to be, like, cautious about, like, using the word optimal. I think, like, you know, the – the builder really tries and gives you like the the highest ROI lineups that that it deems uh, suitable. But you know the Saberson builder doesn't really understand risk management. So I think that's like the biggest thing that's occurring in step three is risk management. And I think that you know you're not trying to make like like nothing you do in step three can like change the lineups that you've already been given. Doesn't make them more optimal or less optimal. I think it's all about just balancing out the risk at that point And, you know, just trying to like, say like, no, I don't want to be a hundred percent exposed to Cooper cup. That's too much risk. What if he gets hurt? And it's, it's more adjustments along those lines that are like risk management. Maybe you want more of a player and, and you're okay. Like, you know, maybe I only have 20% Tyler Higby and I want 40% because I just feel strongly that he's a good play and you're okay at, accepting that extra risk by playing him more. I think that's totally fine. So I would really think about like step three is like not optimal versus not optimal and think about it more as like more risky versus less risky. So I think that's the best way to go about it. All right. Uh, question here from Darren, how do you work the team stacks and game stacks tabs? So I, I tried not to make, um, you know, too many, let's go back to our FanDuel main slate. Just, a little easier to work with here and uh so good question and what you can do is that you know i wouldn't make any adjustments to it in the home screen when you first log on 
I would I would run and build, kind of see what it's saying, and then you know look in these team stacks tabs in the build and kind of see like like this is a great example. I mean we we have twenty lineups and fourteen of them are Raiders game stacks, and we could see that like they they aren't even like our highest pool exposed stack. So like maybe this is you know Saberson's obviously telling me like they're a, they're a great play for for whatever reason but you know maybe this is just too much risk for me it's like no I don't I don't want to do this you know I only want like fifty percent maximum and then you know we can lower that we can look at like what game stacks we're getting we're getting a lot of the Denver uh, Raider game you know maybe this is like too much game stacking I don't want all my eggs in one basket especially with all these other games on the slate so let's do like thirty percent maximum across the board and I'm, I'm just making up these numbers as we go. And then, you know, you make all your adjustments and then you say, okay, Saber Sam, you know, you can't meet the exposures, take my inputs, send them back to the home screen. And then I'm going to go back to the home screen and I'm going to hover over to my team stacks. I'm going to see that the Raiders are limited to 50% maximum in the team stacks tab and the, Cleveland Atlanta game that we had is limited to 30%, which is a stack that was coming in higher than that. So we lowered them. So I would, I would run a build, make adjustments in there and then send them home rather than come in here and just be opinionated out of the gate without looking to see what Saberson likes or doesn't like first. So, so I would think about it. Uh, Jimmy said, great. Thanks for clarifying. Happy to do so. Uh, guys, I don't see any more questions coming in. I think that, you know, you guys did a great job of filling up the time slot. I was, I was pretty worried the stream was going to be really short today. So thank you guys for jumping into YouTube chat and adding questions and, you know, just having uh, solid DFS conversations. So we'll be right back tomorrow for another day of office hours. And until then, make sure you get your questions in the office hours discord channel. If you're not in discord, there's a link in the description of this live stream. So I would highly recommend joining. And until then, I will see you guys. So 